Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! The NFL Draft, one week away from today. Thank you for joining us on the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic, and Marissa Dunn, our producer. Uh, Please subscribe on YouTube if you're watching us live or wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us that thumbs up on YouTube. Give us five-star reviews. That helps us out as well. The Athletics' Nick Baumgartner is going to join us today on this pod to talk more about the draft. He's in the weeds right now, uh, getting ready for for next Thursday. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the moves the Jets have made over the last two weeks. And, of course, the move the Jets haven't made over the last two weeks. Uh, I tweeted, uh, Zach, today that I feel like it's been a month since we podcasted, yet nothing has changed. We could just keep waiting. Um, it's, It's a fascinating thing. But the one thing that I will say is, For the last how many years, this was like the season for the Jets, right? Like, it's the draft. We're going to win the draft. It's a great time to get some fresh players and get this thing going. This year, it just doesn't feel like that. It feels like the draft is not where where the wins are going to come. They're actually going to come during the season. It's kind of neat. Yeah, it's it's a very weird thing to be – like, there just doesn't seem to be much interest in this draft. Like, it's just like – you know, they're 13, so you're, it's a good spot to get a good player, but, you know, they're probably going to get an offensive lineman, which isn't the most exciting position to be targeting. Um, for some. For some, yeah, 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 yeah. Not in that household, but. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's like, the especially, this is my first offseason covering the Jets, too. And, I, this, and, you know, as you kind of alluded to, it, like the offseason is the Jets fans' Super Bowl historically, but now Jets fans have their eyes on the real Super Bowl. So it's uh it, it's very strange. Like, there's still some exciting stuff. You know, th- I think the unknown has kind of colored a lot of why there's the interest is like, you know, wavered a bit because we don't know if the Aaron Rodgers trade is going to happen on draft day or not, which would impact where the Jets are drafting and what Joe Douglas might want to do at 13, even if he wants to trade back, get some more picks. Um, Stupid street cleaners making a lot of noise. I don't know if you guys can hear that. But, no, we're good. <laughs> okay, good. Is it annoyed? I hate the street cleaner so much. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so I. The, the, like the lack of excitement around this draft is very strange, especially for, for the Jets, especially coming off last year's draft, which like changed the trajectory of the franchise. Like they're all in now, probably in part because of how good that draft class was last year. So it's uh, a lot has changed in a year. We're still waiting on Aaron Rodgers. I'm happy that it didn't happen while I was on vacation in Florida. We talked, I think we alluded to that before, or I think it was the last time we spoke actually. Uh, I was going to Florida for the long weekend and I had a, I waited to the last possible minute. Then I finally told my girlfriend like a few days beforehand. I'm like, all right, I've been waiting to bring this up because I thought the trade would happen by now. But uh, I'm, if it happens while we're in Florida, I might have to fly back to New Jersey early. Well, we did have the whole <laughs> Odell thing in the middle yes, of there, I was, too. Yeah, I was going to say there was the Odell thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess we haven't talked since then. That's right. Yeah. The Jets the Jets thought that they were going to get Odell Beckham, by the way. Like, it was the day before. and. I had heard as late as like the afternoon on on Sunday that like they were confident they were going to get him, and then and then the news comes in the Ravens just came in with that crazy offer, eighteen million dollars, like fifteen million of it guaranteed, which the Jets weren't going to match. Uh, like it was it was to the point where a couple like a couple people I talked to in the building, I said, "Oh, I guess you guys aren't getting Odell." They're like, "What?" Like there were people in the <laughs> building that didn't know. Like that's how 
it felt it was like just a Sunday. They were all had their plan for that Monday meeting they were going to have with them, and then just kind of got ripped out from under them. But I think ultimately it's for the best because that that it's a lot of money to give to a guy who hasn't played in two years. Yeah, I I will I want to point out a few things. One, uh, Dwayne O had the over under for the start of this show set <laughs> at one forty eight Eastern time. He says in the chat that it was a push, but I know for a fact that when Marissa hit go live, it was yeah. still one forty seven. So the under. You you motivated us, Dane. You motivated us yeah. to hit the yeah. under. We need you guys to push us like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. Um, and the other thing that we should mention, because we should have done this on the top, but I wanted to throw people for a loop and actually jump right into the Jets, uh, <laughs> is that, that, Marissa, you're heading back to Cleveland in the, yeah. Yeah. In the summer. Yes. So Michael re-signed with the Browns. Um, I will be having the baby here, so I will be staying in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> in Jets then, country, yeah. Um, like not sure if I'll be able to make that Hall of Fame game versus the Jets. Um, we'll see, depending on when the baby arrives. But you know how fitting if that's like her first sporting event is, you Hall know, just a Hall of Fame game on August third uh, in Canada. Everybody, Ohio. every every kid's dream. Jets Browns, <laughs> yeah. So, but congratulations um, we'll to you and Michael. That. We're very excited for you guys. Yes, but um. I hope I am able to go and then we can, you know, connect again like we did last year when, when the Jets were in Cleveland. So they'll be in Cleveland again during the season. So I'll be in Ohio twice this year. Oh, right. I forgot about yeah. that. I forgot about that. Yeah. So uh, we don't know the exact dates yet. No, but no. Um, yeah. So exciting times ahead. Um, I'll be a lot less. I'll be a lot uh, more tired, I think, that, <laughs> <laughs> this time around. But excited yeah can't you're wait. already tired from that other podcast they always keep you up late yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, now, now you'll already be up to yeah that's true really, yeah. be up all hours of the day no matter what so <laughs> um yeah awesome that's awesome news for you and michael congratulations thank um, you thank you bef- before i want to talk about dane's mock draft uh zach but before we get to that um real quick because i know you tweeted that we were going to talk about the the latest aaron Rodgers information um so, so what's I have that? So ma- I have so many <laughs> updates for you guys. <laughs> tell us, uh, next. My update is that, that I literally have nothing different to tell you than two weeks ago when we last did. How about two I, weeks I will say that? we had, we said like we bet on when it would happen and right. they were all surrounding day one of the draft. And one thing that has kind of become apparent here is that like it's maybe a better chance that it's day two, right? Instead of day one. I I'm. Yes, like that that would make sense. <laughs> but I, I also like my confidence level that it even happens during the draft has gone like way down. Um, you know, I I'd heard like a couple like a week or two ago that like the impression from the Jets that the Packers weren't budging. I'm sure the Packers would tell you the same thing from the opposite end. Uh, and if they haven't really had any meaningful discussions in the last couple of weeks, like, of course, day of the draft could spur action. But I uh, I don't know. I don't feel confident that. I wouldn't say I have like 100% confidence it's going to happen by the draft. And if it, I, I did a whole story, uh, I think it was last week, or maybe earlier this week. I can't even remember anymore. I don't know the days. <laughs> yeah, you went from uh, like 10 minutes after you wrote the article yeah, exactly, to yeah. never. I wrote, I wrote all the possible dates, yeah, right. I, all the ranges. And I, if it doesn't happen during the draft, it's not going to happen until after June 1st because at that point, the Packers have no reason to do it before that. The Jets will be like, all right, we can just wait then. And then, then the worry just becomes, is he going to be there for training camp? And... It's not guaranteed. I there's like the parallels of the pot, like of the Brett Favre thing become even more intense because as Marissa was just talking about, the Jets are going to be playing the Browns for their first preseason game. Fifteen years ago, the Jets were playing the Browns 
the day they traded for Brett Favre, he mm. they flew him to Cleveland, uh, and he did a press conference in a small room in the in the in the Brown Stadium to introduce oh. himself before the preseason game. So, like, and that would be almost 15 years to the day <laughs> if they did that Crazy. again. So, like, it feels like it's like there's just a part of me that's like it. That just feels like it's gonna happen because it's the Jets. But well, I'm hoping it happens next that, week. Like but, yeah. they, they, with the Hall of Fame game, camp's gonna start early. Exactly. Yeah, training camp so, will start early, like a yeah. week early, probably. Um, so yeah, there's a Hard lot. Knocks. <laughs> I mean, I mean the ske- the schedule is going to come out uh, less than a month. Yeah. Uh, at least in theory, like they don't have like an official day they do it uh, until they announce like the special that they do. The NFL is certainly. Good look, everybody's assuming Rogers is going to be a Jet. I don't think anything is going to change with that. It's a matter of when, but the NFL would probably like it to be official that Aaron Rodgers is there, so they can hype up their. You know, their Sunday night football, their Monday night football, their primetime, because the, the Jets are going to have a lot of primetime games. I know Peter King has said uh, he thinks that they get one of the week one primetime. I don't think it would be Thursday, but maybe like Sunday night or Monday night or something, which that's a pretty big one to like if they don't even have Aaron Rodgers yet and it's late July. So, look, we're, we're getting a few steps ahead of ourselves, but I think you kind of have to be pessimistic at this point, whereas before I kept thinking it was going to happen. Now I just I don't know. And it's and it's unfortunate. <laughs> You don't know when, right? You I don't still know when. think it, it will. It's going to happen. Yeah. That, Somebody in the chat brought up all the the starting to be these random rumors about yeah, like other Yeah. I wouldn't teams. listen to any of them. I okay. I don't think any of that is I mean maybe at some point the Packers get antsy like but I don't see that happening. So, uh this is a very unique trade situation, which is why I think people are going to those rumors and speculation and will that will they just they just go get Lamar all that stuff. I think it's because there's never been a situation like this where two teams are negotiating publicly for a player and it's just like known that it's going to happen between those two teams. Aaron Rodgers, uh, I don't know if you saw there was he was on Justina Anderson's like podcast or whatever and he said that Aaron Rodgers was trying to recruit him to the Jets before he signed with the Falcons. Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell. I don't yeah. know what, I, what yeah. did I say? You said Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Aaron yeah, Aaron Rodgers recruited Calais Campbell to the Jets. He said yeah. like come win a Super Bowl with me. Um, so the fact that Aaron Rodgers recruiting dudes is the team that he's not technically on yet it kind of tells right. you everything. Um, <laughs> it's it, a wild it's, world. It's just a weird, weird situation. You wouldn't have it any other way as Jets uh, watchers and listeners and writers and fans. That's, that's how we do things. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Dane's. Um, I think it's his final mock draft. Right? I don't know. Is he coming? Yeah, seven I mean, round, he yeah the final seven coming. round. Yeah, he only did a seven round mock. The, you know, every single pick. pick yeah. Every, every team. Pick. No big yeah, deal. You know, nothing. <laughs> so. We'll get into it a little bit because uh, we'll dive into the draft more with with Nick when he comes on in, in a little bit. But uh, one thing that was interesting about this mock draft, I thought, was with the Jets picking 13, according to Dane, all the possible tackle options will be available for them. They'll have it'll be very different than a couple of years ago when they got Becton, right, where like they were waiting to see who is left. This is a chance and we lost uh Zach, uh, but we'll get him back in a second. But Marissa, it's it's an opportunity where they're going to have their choice, which like, which if you're a team, right, is uh, is great. Welcome back, Zach. Um, <laughs> don't if, know what happened if, there. Sorry. If you, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if you're the team making the pick, it's great to have the options. Although, if you're afraid of it not working out and looking back. You know, sometimes it's better to only have one guy that you have to take because then if it backfires, you're like, well, I was the only guy left. Whereas now, if you can pick from any of them and the guy you pick doesn't end up being the best one, then it makes you look bad. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think you saw that with the with the offensive tackle draft class uh, from the Mike Mackay Becton year twenty twenty. Yeah. It was like it was there like was the Werfs, there was four um, guys: was Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, yeah. uh, Werfs, and Becton. And Becton, like, yeah. if you talk to anybody, like everybody had different rankings. I think the Giants were heavily criticized for Thomas after that first year. He wound up being the best one, but yeah, it's <laughs> when you have like a, a cluster of guys drafted in the same range, like you're, they're always going to be compared to each other uh, mm-hmm. forever. And so you're under a lot, of, especially if you have, it's almost, it would weirdly almost be better, better that if only one of them was there, like, well, right. it's our only yeah. option. So then there's less risk, but yeah, you want the best one. Um, I, I don't really know who the Jets think is the best one. I think all three like are different flavors. Nick will get into that with us in a bit. Um, I, I think Dane had a Paris Johnson from Ohio state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's who Dane I believe. Had, yeah. And I, and then he I, had all of them going like four in yeah, a row right or there, three yeah. in a row, I think. I don't think and all then, three will be there at 13. I could be wrong. Like, this is a very weird, like, top 10. Like, there's a lot of different things that can happen, like, with the quarterbacks. And, you know, there's a lot of rumors and stuff. It's hard to get a read on how it's going to go up there. But I think they'll have an option of at least one of them, maybe two of them. Uh, and which one they want the most, you know, I, I get the sense that Broderick Jones from Georgia is, like, the more of the project of the three. Peter Skaronsky is, like, in the ABT mold. He's got short arms. He can play all over the line. Do you want him at guard or tackle? And then I think Paris Johnson is maybe the most traditional, like, ready to go tackle kind of guy. So it kind of depends on the flavor you want. I don't think you can go wrong, honestly, with all three of them. I think all three are going to be pretty good players. They all have different appeals. Uh, but the Jets, like, it's pretty obvious that that's what they need. Unless, you know, and I, I wrote, I had my draft board come out today where I ranked the 13 top options, like ranked in order, like likelihood. Like if someone like Jalen Carter fell to 13, then you obviously are going to consider taking him. Uh, there's the character concerns and all that stuff, but. Ultimately, I think they're going to come out of this with one of those three offensive tackles. Yeah, you're right. It feels like these guys are safer than Becton, which always felt like as big as the talent was and the possibilities were, there was definitely a risk there. And, and we've seen that play out. All right. When you look through the rest of this mock draft from Dane, uh, from a Jets perspective, I mean, I think any fan that looks at this would be like, all right, this this makes a whole lot of sense for this team. Because second round, uh, of course, they draft back to back in the second round. Uh, number 42, Joe Tipman, Wisconsin, the 6'6 center who's, you know, according to Dane, the best center in this draft. And then, Michael really liked him at the Combine, too. Um, he he thought very highly of him. There so. you go. He's, uh, he's and a 6'6 six six center, yeah. That's, it's and you can cool. never yeah, go wrong taking linemen from Wisconsin, right? It's like just a... Yeah. <laughs> um, 43 defensive lineman, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. And then, you know, as you go down the line, edge, a linebacker, uh, a wide receiver late. I mean, overall, these are the things that you would hope the Jets would be able to get out of this. Um, no safety. That's maybe the one thing yeah. that stands out. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, Dane doesn't project trades either. And I think Joe Douglas pretty rarely stands pat. I don't think he trades back all that much. I think this would be a year that he would, maybe, uh, unless there's a guy you really want and you think you could help you win the Super Bowl this year. But if they wind up giving up picks with Rodgers, I could see a trade back at some point just to get some more picks. They don't have a third-round pick. They don't have a seventh um don't have like a lot a lot of needs but they could use some guys for like future starting roles and depth and stuff like that like you said safety um you know need linebacker i think you could argue they need a receiver to develop for the future some people think they need a tight end like a more athletic tight end than what they have uh i've seen a lot of projections with that um so yeah there's a lot of different directions they could go uh they've a lot of they this is like the best their roster has been going into a draft in a long time which gives joe douglas kind of the ability to you know, once you dress, they don't have a center right now and you need an offensive tackle for the future. Outside of those two things, like I, I think you could go 
best player available regardless of position almost in a lot of ways because they have the ability to just add you if your goal is to win the Super Bowl this year you don't want to add like a developmental you know quarterback in the second round I think maybe there's an argument to be made to do something like that I guess that's a discussion for a different day because that'd Rodgers, be interesting for Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers right? is like 39 I, granted he's 39 but, now but like he was the, so annoyed yeah. when they did it with yeah with yeah love yeah. like it, it that would be a smart move for like the future of the organization but also like everybody in this organization is fighting for their job. So I'm not sure how, like it's going to be a balancing act there. Like if Joe Douglas has confidence, he'll be here more than this year, then maybe you consider like Hendon hooker or something. But anyway, I, I think they have the ability to just draft whoever they think can help them right now, which is a very unique position for a Jets franchise to be in. Yeah. It's, it's certainly nice. It's going to be different just covering this draft. Um, how about a developmental quarterback later in the draft? Like how likely is that in your I think it's a possibility, uh, and I think they should consider doing it. I, I, I don't have a, as good of a read on like the, the mid-range. It doesn't seem like there's a great quarterback class that once you get outside of the top guys. Nick actually helped me come up. I did something, uh, I forget how long ago it was now, but uh, Nick gave me some suggestions for like who some of their mid-round, when we get them on here, we, we give them some suggestions for like some middle-round guys. I think there's like a Purdue quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. There's a guy from Stanford, Tanner McKee. Like there's guys that are have like intriguing traits. Um, and you know, it can't hurt to have a young guy in the building if they clearly don't believe in Zach Wilson anymore, at the very least to push Zach Wilson. They, they signed Tim Boyle, uh, who, you know, knows the, knows the offense. Um, he is friends with Aaron Rodgers, you know, veteran guy. Uh, so they have three quarterbacks technically, but I don't think Tim Boyle's contract, I think he's guaranteed 750 K. So I don't think he's, or not 775 K. Uh, so I don't think he's like a lock to make the roster. So. Um, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out for sure. If there's a quarterback there, they believe can, if not be a starter, can be a quality backup. I, I think they would consider it. Just upsetting this quarterback conversation, considering like all these things probably lead to Chris Strebler not being on, well, maybe practice squad, right? Yeah. You can still do, be the practice squad. Yeah. yeah. You need them. Um, all right. Well, you mentioned Boyle. So let's talk about um, the the moves that this team has made. That was obviously one of them. And then the other main one since we last talked was Quentin Jefferson. Um, talk about where he fits. Maryland. <laughs> Terrapin. <laughs> Terrapin right there. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Quentin Jefferson. Um, I think that was I think they only signed him for one year, three point six million. So I think that's really good value. Thirty year old guys one of the better like pass rushing, like rotational defensive tackles they could have gotten on the open market. Uh, I don't think it's quite enough to like feel good about what you're at a defensive tackle. So I still think they'll draft one pretty early, uh, but you know, he's a solid 30 year old guy. He's been productive in the league. Uh, I think he had like five and a half sacks last year or something like that. I don't have those stats in front of me. Um, but yeah, you know, they lost Sheldon Rankins, lost Nathan Shepard, re-signed Solomon Thomas. So right now you have Quentin Williams who's holding out and you have Quentin Jefferson and you have Solomon Thomas and, and then you have a, a bunch of guys who are more like practice squad fodder. So they, they need some help on the D-line. You do have some defensive ends like John Franklin Myers and Michael Clemens who can slide inside. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think that that was a good low-cost signing. Uh, you know, it, they haven't made any signings yet, I believe, that uh, would go against the comp- – or maybe they have, like, one uh, – that would go against the compensatory formula. Um, yeah, I guess Alan Lazard would go against mm-hmm. that. And maybe Nicole Hartman. Anyway, they, they've lost more than they've gained. Uh, but right. Quentin Jefferson was cut by the Seahawks. Uh, and and so, you know, it doesn't impact that formula. I don't think they're going to go crazy in free agency at this point. So they might wind up getting compensatory picks next year, which, you know, is, is something to think about because uh, it's additional picks that you have. 
But yeah, I, I think that was a quality signing. I think Tim Boyle made a lot of sense. There's been a lot of silence. Otherwise, I don't think they're done necessarily. I really do think that once Aaron Rodgers deal goes through, I think some more stuff will happen after that because then you'll start seeing the cap clearing moves that they don't really have a lot of money to work with right now because they still have Corey Davis on the roster. They haven't adjusted CJ Mosley's contract or Carl Lawson's. Jordan Whitehead is still around. I think he still will be, but something to keep an eye on. You know, guys like Ashton Davis, Bryce Hall, they're making close to $3 million in their backup, so they might get cut uh, eventually. But they've hung out on all these guys, and I think that's because they're waiting for the Rodgers thing to go through. Uh, and, you know, hopefully it does before training camp, and they can make some more moves to, you know, uh, make that depth chart a little better. All right, let's um, let's bring in Nick Bumgarner. Excited he can join us. Um, obviously, national writer here at The Athletic and with a big focus on the draft as well, among a lot of podcasting that he also <laughs> does. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Glad to be here, guys. Sorry, my uh, camera is like, broken i don't know what's going on i'm gonna have to like reset all this after we get off but good good to be here let's talk jets yeah let's talk jets and we're gonna talk plenty about next week's draft but i wanted to start with um you just put up a story i think in the last couple of days redrafting last year's draft um and it has to make jets fans happy like if you want a boost for like joe douglas if you're a jets fan go read nick's story um go to theathletic.com slash can't wait um you can join for a great deal right now uh but nick um, number one, Sauce Gardner on your redraft, and then number three, Garrett Wilson. Obviously, those guys were both high picks for the Jets, but not right. that high. So that's, I mean, amazing value that the Jets got. Well, I mean, Sauce is like is really the is probably by himself like the one that's the real steal because it's he looks like a generational corner. You know, like I mean, I don't want to say that because it's been one year, but when you really go back and you look at everything that he did last year, it's like, I mean, when you stack up every corner in the league, regardless of age, he was like at the top in so many areas that are, you know, something that we just don't see. And I think that the one thing I sort of hit on in that story was I think that his body type and his ability to do everything um, in both like press and sit in zone and defend the run and ball skills, like he is the prototype. And so that's the, that's the home run. And then to me, when you go down the list and you start going through it, like Wilson is also a guy that, you know, I watched him at Ohio state up close here. Uh, I'm still in Michigan. So I watched him all, you know, through his whole career. He was amazing. And it's like, he's going to Olave too. They're going to fall because they're not these big time, you know, big body type guys, but they're different, you know, and it's a new breed of receiver. And I think the Jets did a really good job of that, of being ahead of the, ahead of the game. You know what I mean? Like not, not drafting like they're in the past, but looking ahead. I think you still had them getting Jermaine Johnson too, right? Didn't you have them with the, the other? I did. I, yeah. And he was one that at the bottom of the first round where it was like, and I remember they got him late. And I remember last year and people were saying um, going into the draft, it was like they liked him a lot. And maybe they would yeah. take him with one of their high picks and they got him so late. And I was like, wow, that's a great deal. And then you go back and you look at him and what he did. And you're like, was he a first round pick? I mean, like probably. I mean, because you look at everything else in that draft, and you're like, he had a good year. He's a solid player. And that was a really good draft for them. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's no, no surprise they're in the spot they're in now. So the Jets uh, at 13, I think it's like a foregone conclusion almost at this point that they're probably going to take one of those three offensive tackles unless something weird happens. So how, right. how do you, oh, it seems like all three of them have like a little different flavor as an offensive lineman. What do, what do you think about those three guys? Like, how do you differentiate them? Yeah, that's a good point. I actually, in my, I think in my last mock that I did before the Beast came out, I had them trading up to get Skoronsky because I was just like, I don't know what, which one they'll prefer. Yeah. But like, to me, it was like, you're all in, right? If you're trying to get Aaron Rodgers and I, I, Skoronsky is the best to me. So he's the one that 
Uh, a lot of teams are a little scared on. It's a similar con- conversation with Rashawn Slater, where you know he's got the and, short and arms. Elijah Vera Tucker from the Jets yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, yeah it's got the the T Rex arms and all that. And Skorowski really does like it's shorter. It's they're really short. It's like significant. But you know everything Slater had, he has. You know from the processing and the feet and the strength and same school, more, same school, same <laughs> line coach, same everything. Yeah. And he has that ability to really change it up and, and overcome that. So I like him the best. Johnson is the best uh, toolsy guy. He's the best, like, you know, attributes, the frame, everything else. Uh, and then uh, Jones is probably the most explosive. Like, I almost feel like he would fit the Jets the best. Because, like, he's the guy that's going to get up there. He can play right tackle, and he can just bowl people over and just be a dude. And I think that when I looked at it, I was like, maybe they'd be okay with him. And if he falls to them, I think that'd be okay. I don't think all three of them will be gone by 13, but if, if that were to happen, do you, is is 13 too high for Darnell, right, you think? See, I don't. Like, I, I don't. I Because I think he'd be the next in the stack. And, like, for a team like the Jets, if that's what you're doing, and like like we just talked about, like, they're, they're, their whole offseason plan, in, yeah. It, yeah, has seemingly been to go all in. So I think Darnell's a first-round tackle, and I think that if he's next in the stack and you need alignment and that's what you're doing, and if you can't trade down, if you can't trade off it, right, I wouldn't hate it because I think because he, he can play right tackle right now and let you know that's something they need. He yeah, can do it. Plug a guy in right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think a, a lot of Jets fans uh, have asked me if they would consider drafting uh, the Ohio State receiver Jackson. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, so I don't want to butcher it. Yeah. So I, I was just reading up on him in the draft piece. Yeah, I didn't know that much about him. I, I didn't realize yeah. how injury prone he was uh, in college. He had that one great year, but last year he's pretty banged up. Like, but what is is he like far and away the top receiver prospect in your eyes? I like him number one. Yeah. I don't know if it's far and away because yeah. this is a weird class. Like, yeah. and he has those weird. Like you said, I mean, the only played the one year. The hamstring was a problem. You know, he's a four five. I mean, I think he ran the 40 of his life at four five two if we're honest or whatever it was yeah so yeah he is not a fast guy it's uh he's not going to fit in every spot he's like um he's a very different version of wilson but it's similar right like they're different yeah. guys but man i don't know i i tell you like they played really well together at ohio state and like they ripped off each other so well and were able to create space for one yeah. another and like so much of cj stroud with the evaluators is like well he was throwing to like an nfl yeah monster. yeah yeah so i mean like it's not gonna be like that maybe in the next level so yeah i mean i wouldn't hate it i like him a lot if i was gonna take one of those guys in the teens it would be him yeah and i, I think that goes along with like they wouldn't have gone after odell beckham if they weren't willing to just like add right. other weapons so if they view him right. as like that kind of talent then you go and then you maybe go and get him yeah and if aaron likes that right like if that's yeah. something that he's like let's do it i can work with that yeah yeah, and and then I think defensive tackle is their other big need. I, I don't think Jalen Carter probably falls to them unless there's some like crazy slide. But what what do you think of Kalija Kansi? Is is I've seen like some people think he he's like top fifteen, others have him like I think Dane has him late twenties. Yes, people are all over the place on him. I actually saw the other day that he um, didn't take any visits, which I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. Wow. So that to me means one of two things: either he's something's going on and he's not taking visits, or and I think this is more likely teams are like bluffing on how they think about it mm. because there, there was a lot of people. If we go back to like January, February that were like, he's in the, he's a third round pick. He's yeah. Yeah. Second, third round because pick. of he's his size. Short. Yeah. Yep. He's too short. And he's not, he's not Aaron Donald. You guys are all acting like he's Aaron Donald, blah, blah, blah. And then it started to become this like, Oh, he's too short. He's too short. And it's like, well, yeah, but he does everything else. And then when you really stopped and thought about it, it's like, yeah, he's the top 30 player. No question. And I think that, 
I would definitely take him in the twenties, somewhere in there. Yeah. I don't know about higher than that, but yeah. like, I think he's a late first rounder. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you make of the the Aaron Donald comparisons? Though? It's the problem. I mean, athletic. Yeah, I think maybe, it's not. But, yeah, I think it's not yeah. fair. I was say, when we yeah. do that to guys. It's just, it's, like, if you didn't come from Pittsburgh, it probably wouldn't even. Be yeah, fair, it's yeah. natural. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be because he's short, right? Yeah. Like he's he's short and he's got small arms, but he's so explosive. I, yeah, I mean, like, I think that the pit thing, I, I, it's unfortunate sometimes because you, you wish that uh, it's cool. I think he probably thinks it's cool right now, but, like, he's not going to think it's cool in a year if he's not performing at that <laughs> level. People are like, we thought you were Aaron Donald, you know, and it's like, well, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, so a second round, you know, it, it, it seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like there's some pretty good, like, centers in this class. Like, there's a, a handful of guys that you could, like, if not plug and play right away, then pretty quickly. I know Jets fans are really, really like John Michael Schmitz. Um, yeah. Joe Tittman has been a name that's been thrown around a lot. Steve Avila. Like, what, what do you think about the centers, these center guys? Which, which one of those guys do you like? Yeah, so John Michael Schmitz is the best, like, pure center in the draft. And I think he's a really good one. He's not like Linderbaum good. You know, Linderbaum last year, if he hadn't gotten hurt in preseason, I think he would have been an all-pro. Um, but he is, in terms of a pure center, he's the best one on the board. Tittman is, I think I helped. I kind of like him better because he can. He's. I think he could do more things. I think he could legitimately play both third spots, be okay, and be a center. And you could do more with him. Yeah. And then Avila is the guy I like the best there because he could play like he'd probably play tackle if he wanted him to. Like this guy, he played. He started a full year at center, full year at guard. I think at like a half year at one of the tackles, wow. and then like another half year at another guard. So in four years, he started at four different spots, including center. That is really rare. So. He's the one to me. I almost wonder if some teams will take him in the first. I think he really like a late first guy. Yeah, that surprises people and, and goes way up, or at least high in the second, right? Like because he can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, and so a, a couple weeks ago, I hit you up because uh, I was doing something on like the possibility of the Jets like drafting a backup quarterback or whatever, and you gave me some right, names. Yeah. Um, who who are some of those guys in the middle rounds that you like? You know, you told me I think Aiden O'Connell, Tanner McKee. Um, there's a couple others, uh, like who, which of those guys do you think make sense as like a developmental, like backup guy? Right. Like we can't talk about Hendon Hooker anymore because apparently he's like, I know like first round pick, <laughs> pick now. Yeah. now. Like, <laughs> so like, I guess that's off the table, but like, yeah, I mean, this is, it's the same conversation to me, like that, that we have about the receivers in this class. Like it's not a bad receiver class or quarterback class. It's not an elite one, but there are like serviceable, good, like O'Connell, is depending on what you want him to do. Like to me, Aiden O'Connell is like the perfect NFL backup. I think he is a accurate, smart processor who throws a pretty accurate ball. He played in a pretty complex and, and smart system in college. He's not real flashy. He doesn't try to do anything that he can't do. And he's not trying to be anything that he's not. And I think guys like that can really just, they find a home and they just sit there. Like Chad Henney did that for so many years, yeah. right? Like that to me, like Aiden O'Connell, I was bummed that he didn't go to the senior bowl. He didn't get an invite. And I think he was... I think he would have been better than any of the quarterbacks that we saw at the Super yeah. Bowl. Um, and he was at the Shrine, played really well. So he's the one to me that stands out. Hayner is right there with him. Uh, I like those guys better than Jaron Hall. Uh, and Tanner McKee is like, buyer beware on him, I think, a little bit. Some people get him, they think he's like Davis. Uh, like Davis kid that went to Houston. Yeah, and it's like, no, it's not quite the same <laughs> thing. Like He's big, right? Is he's like 6'5", right? He's big. Right? Yeah, he's big. He played at Stanford and played in that pro-style offense and didn't have a lot of experience, so it's a similar story, but it's like, but Davis had so much more talent, so I think that this is a different kind of conversation. (laughs) 
T- Taylor Delgado says that uh, O'Connell's mustache is terrible, so it's a poor decision. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's like old too. Well, he's like what is he twenty? He's almost twenty five, and he looks like he's like thirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it seems like a lot of these prospects are like older too. I mean, Hendon Hooker is obviously yeah. the, the yeah. biggest example, but I, I was looking through, and there's a bunch of guys that are already twenty four, twenty five. I think that's COVID. Yeah, I that's right. Everybody stayed an extra COVID, year. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like I noticed it. Yeah, I noticed it back in the season. Even we were like, man, you were talking about so many guys that are like 24, 25 years old, and it has to be COVID. But we're also seeing same thing. Is like this is this is like a really mature group of kids. Like you're not seeing. There's not a lot of idiots. <laughs> you know, in this yeah, class. yeah. There are some. There are some. I'm not gonna lie. But like, it's a pretty solid, mature. They've been through it. Group. You can tell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll I'll ask you this. Um, because I know you covered the draft so you've studied a lot of these guys who are some of your like guys this year in air quotes because i know i'm sure you have some guys that are like you know. yeah we were just doing one of those actually yeah. avila would be one for sure uh zay flowers the kid from mm. uh boston, college, boston yeah. college i love him um another one that i bring up all the time that he falls outside the top uh ivan pace the kid from cincinnati a mm. linebacker that is a fourth round pick that i love uh carl brooks is the guy that i always stump for he um, had a good senior ball right yeah, he played at uh, Bowling Green, and uh, he's a weird-shaped guy. He's like six foot, six one, three hundred pounds. Doesn't run that fast, but is like super agile, really explosive, and has a lot of like twitch and good moves. I think he led all of college football, including the Power Five, in pressures the last two years, and didn't get a combine invite. He's played defensive tackle, edge, outside linebacker, like stand-up outside linebacker, and he's done well at all of it. So, I think if you're like a good team. Ida Boware, the kid from Northwestern, is another one like that, right? Where it's like, oh my God, this guy can do so many. He's, yeah. he's like short and kind of weird shaped, and it's like whatever. Who cares? So yeah, guys like there's some guys like that in this draft. I I think about even hearing you talk. I think about sometimes how we talk about like uh, prospects and football players, and you're like, ah, oh, this guy's weirdly shaped. Like <laughs> you just said that. Yeah, to, you're like, if you said whatever. that to a guy just like on the street, like, man, you're weirdly shaped, buddy. I don't know, I don't know what your deal is. <laughs> That's how we think of it, though, right? And then yeah. it's funny how sometimes you can talk to like actual players. And they will say the same. Yeah, thing. yeah, like, yeah. I don't know why we all think of each other as like a weird shape, but <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. Something about your shape is just weird. Yeah. yeah, it's just off, but whatever. We can work uh, with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so I was actually just thinking about this because you're obviously in you're in Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we're we were just talking before you came on about how it's like a weird draft year for us as people who follow the Jets because it's like there's the least amount of like investment in this draft I'm, I'm curious if it's like that in detroit right now too because they, they're like so like yeah. they're not as like all in super bowl maybe but they've like right. done it the right way they're a team on the rise all yeah. that stuff like is is it like is the draft interest as high as it usually is is there right now it's I guess. definitely different it's yeah. definitely different i think it's as i think it is as high but not the same level of like we're gonna like be either really happy or shattered after after this first bit <laughs> like that's usually the reaction that we hear but like because they have so much wiggle room. Like, yeah. like the Jets are in the same spot. Like they were a good young team last year that even if they hadn't, you know, gone in on Rodgers like this, they're they're a good young team making strides. They've done it the right way and they're building the right way. And there's no panic in this draft, but it's also like they still have a huge opportunity because Detroit could do so many things. So I think that the interest is really high, but that <laughs> yeah, the panic has gone down. I think quite a bit. Yeah, gotcha. That's it's fascinating to me because we yeah. Lions, oh, yeah. Lions and Jets are they're very similar. Allison, right? Allison, <laughs> Allison uh, is my editor, and she does Lions and Jets, which is like oh, yeah. this is the first time there's like a lot of excitement going into a year for both teams. Yeah, like. and she's like she's been through it, man. She was there covering, or she was doing editing back when. Um, oh my God, like Gase was the coach with the Jets, and Patricia was the Lions <laughs> oh coach God, at the same yeah. time. So hey, 
Uh, here we go. Lions and Jets on their way. There you go. I think we have some questions in the chat, Marissa, right? All right. Yeah, we have a few good ones. Okay, so we talked a lot about offensive line, but Dane wants to know, how interested do you guys think JD would be to trade back five to 10 picks if it regains him like a third? Or do you think they need one of those top three offensive tackles? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So like, I, I kind of think like, I go back to that all in thing. It's like, you're all in. Yeah. You're trying to trade, you know, you're trying to pick up Rogers. You're trying to get to the Super Bowl now. And if you have a high pick and they do, I would, I would almost wonder if they want to trade up. Like yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't know about you guys. I've, yeah. I've thought about that too. I think like Joe Douglas has proven willing to do that. And if they're like, if there's a guy, if like Jalen Carter, for example, is there at eight mm-hmm. or something and they're like, we think this guy is an absolute star. Let's go get him. Like I, I absolutely could see Douglas doing that. the only thing I can see him training back is maybe one of those quarterbacks are there and the three offensive linemen or they don't like one of those offensive tackles. And that's the only one that's left. Like maybe then you trade back a little bit right. um, or all three offensive tackles are there and you can trade back like enough picks where you can still get one of them kind of thing like that. Those right. would be the scenarios. But yeah, I don't, I agree with Nick. I, they're clearly all in on this year. You don't go after Odell Beckham if you're not all in. Like, no, I think that's right, the most exactly. like in Clay's Campbell, like all these guys that are older and, you know, and whatever. So I, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I think I could see, I could see them trading back later in the draft to pick up some more picks, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't predict it the first round right now. Okay. This question is from John and this was actually a question I was thinking of for Nick too. So I think this is great. Right. Um, since we were talking about the success of last year's draft, what would be a perfect draft for the Jets? Hmm. Boy, that's a really good question. <laughs> like, not if, to play like, on the spot or anything. If like Jalen Carter fell to the Jets, okay, yeah, you know, or something like that. And I and I don't like because I like Sala a lot. I do. I like I like a lot of maybe it's Michigan maybe it's guy, Michigander yeah. in there. Right? Yeah. Like, and I have like people that I know that that play that played up there. Anyway, but like I like his approach. I think the guys trust him, and I think that they have like it's the same thing with Campbell here in Detroit. Like they have the type of locker room that I think could handle a guy like that. I don't, I haven't heard Jalen Carter is like this evil human being. I've heard he's a idiot kid who's got like growing up to do, but like, I think a good locker room could help a guy like that. And I, I think the jets are closer to having that than probably most teams. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but that's how I look at it. Yeah. There's, there's leaders in there now, although most of them were rookies last year. Yes. <laughs> but that's good. I think that's good. That yeah, that's a good sign, and, yeah. 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 Zach, what would you say perfect draft for the Jets is? Perfect draft. Um, the Aaron, Ray, Aaron Rodgers trade happens. I don't have to deal with this anymore. That would be perfect <laughs> yeah. draft for me. <laughs> before, before the draft, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is official. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think they get an offensive tackle. Uh, they get a center. Maybe you get another weapon, and, and then you fill a couple other needs on the depth chart kind of thing. I think that would wind up being. But, I mean, ultimately, like I don't even think it's position-based. You just look at how that draft went last year. If you, right. can, if you can come out of the draft saying we got – you know, they had Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Ugh. Brees Hall are, you know, bonafide starters. And then, you know, they liked how Max Mitchell was playing. And they liked how Jermaine John, like that's five guys. Michael Clemens, they liked too. So all six guys. They had a great draft. Like the odds of you having six guys that you like after a year are pretty slim. So if, if you can come out of the draft with similar, like, hit rate, then I think that's a perfect draft. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Definitely. All right, Zach, anything else for uh, for Nick or should we? No, I get I, back. He, I mean, he covered everything. It was, back to it was awesome. Thanks for coming on, Nick. That, <laughs> yeah. that was, that was awesome. Back, guys. Anytime. Next time, I'll try to do it on my computer. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> He's got a busy week ahead. Yeah, so. seriously. Yeah, good get some sleep busy now. Yeah. yeah, we'll get some sleep in. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Thanks, All right. Nick. Yep, you bet. All right, good stuff from Nick awesome. Baumgartner. Thanks great. for the good questions from the chat as well. Uh, I think there's one more thing 
that we want to cover on this episode before we say goodbye. And that is just kind of checking in on Quinn and Williams, but also giving kind of a shout out here because uh, Jalen Hurts obviously signs the massive yeah. uh, contract this week. Biggest contract ever for uh, NFL player, right? Not just obviously quarterback. But, yeah. Like but in terms NFL of like pure player. like money. Yeah. Per year. Right. Yeah. Not overall, but yeah. Um, or like guaranteed or whatever. Yeah. And Jalen and Quinnen have the same agent, and she is obviously an agent who is just breaking ground left and right, Nicole Lynn. Um, when Quinnen was drafted, number three, she was the first female black agent to have a first-round draft pick in the NFL, and now she has the highest, biggest contract ever. I mean, uh, amazing stuff. Hurt's entire team around him, I saw that on. It's uh, all women. Somewhere, yeah. it's all yeah. women. Um I don't, is, I don't know. I don't know how much really more cool. likable Jalen Hurts could be, but yeah, <laughs> he just keeps yeah. Exactly. And his journey is unbelievable. You yeah. know? Oh, it's crazy. Being benched I, in the yeah, there's. I saw the clip resurfacing to... of him like after that championship game where he was like, st- they were asking him all about how he's supporting Tua still even after they took him out, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Good character gets you gets you far in life. You yes, know? for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as as it relates to to Quinnen, you were about to get into Tim. Yeah, I mean, she got the biggest contract ever. Is she going to get the biggest <laughs> defensive tackle contract underneath Aaron Darnold? Probably, right? Aaron yeah, Darnold. yeah. He's not going to get $30 million. Um, I think Jeffrey Simmons, uh, who was one of the names to watch, I think he came in around 23, 24 per year. The, the funny thing is with this per year stuff is it's not like an accurate representation of a contract, which kind of gets lost in like all the right. help. But anyway, um, we've used then you've used 25 though. Like we've, yeah, I've been saying, I've been saying, that, I think right? he winds up aiming for, I mean, he might be aiming higher now. I don't, or maybe a lot of times they, they just want more than the highest. Like even if it's just a little bit more, he's texting like, Nicole. Okay. I want, I want Jalen yeah. money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you're not going to get that Quinn. I'm sorry. <laughs> hate to break it to you, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to get this done. I don't think there's any concern from the Jets. Uh, he's not at the early workouts. I don't think that's a big deal. Um, he probably won't be at OTAs unless I come up with the deal soon. I I really do think – somebody pushed back on this when I tweeted this. I, I think the Rodgers thing is holding up a lot of stuff because yeah. – and it's not just because they – like, they know what Rodgers is going to cost, but right now they can't even technically fit him under the cap. So they need to adjust the cap. They need to release some guys. They need to adjust some contracts before they can even do anything. So I, I think they're going to take their time on Quinn and, uh, you know, ideally maybe you get them in for mandatory minicamp, but even that I don't think is, you know, that big of a deal because training camp starting so much earlier for the Jets mm-hmm. than other teams. So uh, as long as he's in for training camp, I think you're fine. Uh, I'm curious to see how long he would take a holdout. But ultimately they're going to pay him. He's going to be here for a long time. This isn't going to be like a Jamal Adams thing. He wants to be here. They love him. He's the best player on the team. Uh and they need him, and you know, especially because they don't have much around him at defensive tackle right now. But yeah, I, I think he's going to wind up. You know, Dexter Lawrence is also there. I don't know what the Giants are in a rush to do that either. Uh, so maybe it'll be like a battle of who gets the, whoever gets the last contract usually gets the most money. So it's going to be a battle of who can wait and hold out the longest, I guess, between the Giants and Jets. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not concerned about Quinnen. Um, you know, added Quinton Jefferson. I they have a really good group around and they're bringing back Carl Lawson. Like this team's all in and part of them being all in is paying, you know, getting a, the jets ha- haven't very often paid a second, a big second contract to, to rookies they drafted. So this is going to be a big moment for the organization. 
Yeah, it'd be good to see. And, and it's another sign of things heading in the right direction um, when you can get that agreement where the player wants to stay long-term and is a big part of everything, just the, the locker room and what they do on the field. Um, I think that is uh, anything else to add from either of you, or I think we're well, good? Um, I, we should I talk about what we're doing. Marks have I was about to say, that was literally no. what I was about to say, Marissa. Me, you beat me to it. Let me yeah, so you, you, you know, watch out for the fake Zach Blatt's out there, guys. Yes, Honestly, be oh, very careful. Mine's Dr- gone like too. this is like the worst. Oh, it's gonna. Oh, it's the it's draft. the it's dumb. How many fake Adam Schefters there's gonna be? Like, oh, I mean, there are they're already there already were and they, they were already getting people. But yeah, that's the exactly. It's just a wild time we live in. But they should be give like careful. Adam Schefter should get like one dollar of the seven dollars a month for every <laughs> fake for every fake one. Himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he still has the check, so he must be paying for. She- sure. Oh wow, Adam Schefter so, doling out the yeah. big bucks. Yeah, yeah. Zach, you're not people. you're not ponying up the seven bucks. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not paying a dime to Twitter. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like, it's one thing to pay seven dollars for it, but when you think about like where the money goes, then you're like, oh, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if like the company was gonna do it, but and understandably they're not. So right. I I think you know just trust. You make sure you're clicking on who when you see a tweet that sounds weird. Maybe you click on it first. And I say some and weird I, things, so you can pr- you should probably check my most of my tweets probably, but. Um, yeah. And co- whatever Connor tweets, it's a fake account. Like, don't don't <laughs> listen to that. I don't yeah. think. Uh, what was I gonna say? I don't think ESPN's paying for uh, for those blue check marks either. I talked to somebody over there, or maybe so, some people. So, so maybe, maybe Chef yeah. case covered, by case, like the true insiders. Saw, but but I, I know. just saw Diana though. She did not have one. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. So it's not a company wide policy. Wonder if Woj has yeah. one. That would be the other big one. Let's yeah. See. Yeah. That's a good point. This is um, compelling. Uh, no, he doesn't. Woj does go. not have a check mark. Wow. Mine's gone too for what it's worth. <laughs> oh, people were people were like very worried about that. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Yeah, and with well, that, uh hope hope that everybody uh that wants their own can't blue wait check podcast mark checking out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we will have you covered all next week. Yes. We're gonna have yeah, a lot we're of gonna do we're gonna do a preview podcast before the draft. What, early Tuesday? Tuesday yeah, or Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, because Joe Douglas then, is talking on Tuesday, so there you go. Yeah. So Tuesday with Joe Douglas. Then post round one, post round two, and day two, and then I think we'll recap the whole thing the following early on the following week, right? Yeah. So basically, yeah. like four or five podcasts There'll be a lot of over draft the next we, week, and we yeah. maybe there's an emergency trade podcast in there somewhere too. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we can hope. We can <laughs> Finally, hope. we can. All right. all right, thanks everybody for joining us, and we will talk to you again soon.